let's see here. Like Dave and Angie has children's church this morning, but before they go over for that, we'll go, we'll do our uh, Father's Day recognition. And, and first and foremost, let me welcome all of our fathers and uh, wish you a happy Father's Day. Uh, of course, as we normally do, we'll go over uh, the oldest and the uh, youngest and the father with the most children present today. And then also want to, uh, on the way out this morning, uh, we have a gift for uh, for you as well. So certainly uh, good to have you here with us uh, this morning. So I guess we'll get started uh, with uh, the uh, youngest father we have present. So if you're a father and you uh, have children here present with you this morning and you're under 50 years old, if you would go ahead and stand up for us. Under 50. All right. So... Uh, if you've got more than one child here with you today, or if you, if you don't have more than one child, please sit down. We've got two, okay. If you've got two or less. You're doing the youngest. It's that kind of day. <laughs> 50 and under. So you can stand back up, right? Sorry, man. He, hey, he won. He did what Simon says, right? <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. All right. 40. If you're under 40. We got, oh. 35. Did I take him out? All right. Brent Johnson is our youngest father present. You got to come down here, big boy. I ain't walking up there. <laughs> I done, I done, I done, uh, done fumbled the first part of this already. That's the worst thing I can do is climb a set of steps and fall down. All right, so I got the youngest out of the way, right? I guess that means the next one is if you're 50 or older, 51 or older and you have children present, please stand. Here you go, Brent. Congratulations. Pretty thing. 71. All right, good crowd this morning. 71. 51 and older, please stand up, gentlemen. 51 and older. All righty. 60. 70. 80. Bob Owens is her oldest father. Let's give him a round of applause. There you go, Bob. Good to see you. All righty. Now, most children present. If you have any, if you're a father and you have any kids here this morning, go ahead and stand back up again, please. I'm going to work that breakfast off of you. By the way, let me say, that was, if you didn't come for the breakfast, you missed a dandy. So I want to take the opportunity to thank Sharon and Connie and Burge and Dave and Angie uh, for a wonderful breakfast this morning. Let's give them a round of applause. All righty. One child. I know we've got uh, just one. If you only got one child, please sit down. And if you have, do we have anybody that's got three children present? That takes a few. So if you've got less than three, you don't have enough. and I know, 
I know there's a tie between Chris and Raleigh, so we're gonna we're gonna split that. They've both got three children present, so let's give them both a round of applause. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, I just walk back. I'm like bumble of everything else. I just I just go off screen and everything. Oh. All right. Now, as advertised, Dave and Angie has Children's Church, so 12 and under that want to go over for Children's Church, you'd be dismissed for that. And as they're heading over, and you want to mark, well, can't mark it. It's on the screen this morning. I have decided to follow Jesus will be our hymn of invitation this morning. All right, good-looking bunch headed over. can't blame him, he wants to hear me. <laughs> well, ego keeps just going a little bit, just chopping away at the knees. All righty, well, good morning again. Good morning to you, log in to Facebook and also YouTube later. And uh, if you're visiting, good to have you with us this morning. I invite you to be back with us. If you're looking for a church home, we'd like to have you here at Locust Grove, but certainly it's a privilege for me to share God's word with you. Uh, we recognize dads. Not the most graceful one I've ever done this year, but uh, we, are, are, we do appreciate our fathers. And we also, this morning, I want to acknowledge and uh, you for the, the jobs, that we, the responsibility we hold as Christian fathers and encourage you this morning as well. I want to look in the wisdom of Proverbs this morning from the wisest earthly man that has been here, the scripture tells us about Solomon. And throughout the Proverbs, Solomon describes a father, and that's, that's the title of this morning's sermon, is that Solomon describes a father. And throughout the Proverbs, which is one of my favorite books in the Bible to read because of the wisdom that is there, we see that he shows the description of the father that, and the attributes to the father that we can all model. It's especially to encourage our young fathers this morning. Young fathers who have boys to raise into men. Godly young men, hopefully, is the route that they will choose. Because never before in the history of our nation has there been such an assault on the, the family as God designed it and on creation as God designed it, which really increases the responsibility that we have as fathers to teach our children, our young boys, our young girls, to teach them about God's truth and God's word and God's design and that we model those same things. And, and that's what I want to look at this morning is some of those things that we can model so that we can raise young men and young women uh, up to, to follow after the Lord because they will need it. They will need it. Those that's got young children right now, we think about the changes that we've seen in the past 10 years or so, how, how dramatic. Well, imagine... Uh, if you're raising a five or six or, 
or a two or a one-year-old right now, imagine the changes they will see in 20 years, the things that will be different 20 years from now if things continue uh, as they are. They will really need to be grounded deeply in God's Word to not be led astray by what the world is assaulting them with. So I encourage you to turn with me in your Bibles over to the book of Proverbs. We're going to start Proverbs 27 this morning. And we're going to look at the wisdom that Solomon and God has for us and that is sorely needed in our country today. So, And the first thing that we're going to look at is Proverbs 27, verses 23 and 24, where Solomon gives advice about money. And as fathers, we should know about money. We should know how to handle money. And I don't have any of these particularly in order of importance, because if it was, then the last point would be the first point. But it's important that we know how to handle money. We can teach our children the value of money. He says... In verse 23, be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks and look well to thy herds, for riches are not forever, and doeth the crown endure to every generation, he asked. There are 19, at least 19 proverbs about handling money wisely. And there's a reason for that. It's important. If you look at the statistics today, I, I didn't... Didn't have time, got caught up in something else. I was going to look up the average debt for a household, average household in the United States today. It's, it's pretty staggering, actually, the amount of debt that an average household carries up in the thousands of dollars, not just a few hundred. And most of that's credit card debt. And when, when we make ourselves a debt, a debtor in that way, then we make ourselves a slave to that, that uh, person that's loaned us that money. And we need to learn to teach our kids how to handle money well so that it doesn't cause them to have to compromise things. Uh, here he's telling us make sure we have our financial affairs in order. Know what your condition of your bank account is. Know what the condition of your retirement accounts are. And those types of things that are, are similar to that. Be a good steward of what God has blessed you with. Look with me over in Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the firstfruits of all thine increase, so, that, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. So we are to honor God with the firstfruits of our increases. Well, Rob's going to preach about money. Rob is preaching about money. We are to honor God with tithes and offerings off of the top, not off of the bottom. And that's what that's saying. You give God first and then everybody else secondly. We don't give God what's left over. Because he didn't give us what was left over, did he? He gave us Jesus Christ, his, his son. So we can't honor God by giving him what's left over. We have to plan, and that's what I'm talking about, being a good steward uh, of your money, learning how to handle it well, how to honor God with your offerings and tithes, and to be wise with your money. And that's part of the responsibility of being a father, just like over in Proverbs chapter 16, that he should be able to handle his words well. 
1624 says this. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health to the bones. Now, sometimes being a father doesn't necessarily mean being the one that talks softly and talks sweetly uh, to a child. Oftentimes we, we get the job of being a little more harsh. I remember hearing, hearing wait till your dad gets home whenever, whenever I was a young man. I know that's hard for you to believe, but uh, I, I heard that statement several times. And it wasn't a, a pleasant, soft conversation that me and my dad had at that time. But what I do always remember is wisdom. I may have done wrong, and usually I did do wrong, but there was always wisdom in whatever the situation was that came out. And that's what we should always try to model, is that we handle our words well, that we handle uh, what we say, because what we have to understand is proper words are a blessing. Improper words will cut and will do damage. Though you speak it, you apologize for it, those words can never be retracted. They can never be unheard. They can never be erased from the memory. And we have to remember that. Foul language is something that no Christian man, no Christian woman, should ever allow to pass from their lips. Period. We were called to have control of our language. What would our children, would we, would we dare to, as the old way we used to do, get your mouth washed out with soap? Would we dare to wash our child's mouth out with soap when they're only repeating what they have heard us to say? Now those are things, I know, it's kind of tough, Rob. You're, you're, you're not making me feel good on Father's Day. I'm wanting to encourage you to be men of God. Amen. Because that's what we are called to be is men of God. You want to be a man of the world, then you can follow that example out there, and then you won't be disappointed with what the world is producing in young men and young women. The assault that's being taken, that's taken place on the godly values. And it starts with little things. And we think little things, but all of those little things add up to be something very important. And how we handle our words is one of those. Proverbs 12 verse 18 says this. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. So we should seek out that wisdom when we speak. Pass on wisdom to our families when we speak. Let our thoughts be aligned with God's thoughts, God's principles. Handle our words well. Because as I said earlier, once they're spoken, they cannot be unheard. You can apologize, but that memory will be there forever of words spoken harshly. And you think about it. You think about some of the, you know, maybe some painful time with a friend, a family member, or something. Most likely, it's associated with harsh words that were spoken to you. So remember that. When we speak, that we have to speak in a manner that would be helpful, healing, health not destructive, not piercing like a sword. It kind of goes along with this next point that we should exercise as men self-control. Proverbs 29.11. If you would, turn with me. 29.11. A foolish utterer all of his mind, a wise man keepeth it in till afterward. 
Now, any of us can lose our temper. Any of us can, uh, can uh, have a moment where we're terribly upset, but that's when the words want to flow. Uh, sometimes it's with a hammer in one hand and a, and a aching, throbbing thumb. Uh, on the other hand, maybe it's something that you've run into. Maybe it's a situation that's happened. But this is where we see how much self-control that we have or how much we need to work on our self-control is how we react as according to what Proverbs says here. Sometimes I have heard people be upset in a situation and will not stop talking and continue to do more damage the more words they say. There's wisdom in just silence so that you don't inflict any more damage. And we can do that same way. We can teach our kids the same way. That sometimes the best thing to say is nothing at all. Sometimes we don't want, well, no, all the time we don't want to make things worse. Look over Proverbs 11. Uh, I know we're going back and forth a lot. A lot of good stuff in here. If you don't read Proverbs, I highly encourage you, moms and dads, to read Proverbs. Proverbs 11.20. The tongue of the just is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is little worth. Now notice that. Notice how he is comparing the tongue and the heart because I have learned, and you probably have too, and we've read, but what proceeds out of, the, out of the mouth is generally what's in the heart. So when we work on our heart and our heart is to follow and chase after God, then what we will speak, what it comes out of our mouth, usually, now I'm, I'm not saying everybody is going to, I'm not saying I don't have trouble sometimes. And I'm aware of it. And I do my best to, to not speak words that I shouldn't speak. I do my best to stop speaking when I should stop speaking and not continue. I'm not perfect, and I know, guys, we're not perfect either. But these are things we need to work on and need to model and need to try to teach our children as well. And moms, I realize that today's Dad's Day, but these are, these are words of wisdom for all of us as Christians. So we've got to exercise self-control. We've got to be able to be different the world that we live in, we see people, it's, it's fine for someone to get mad, especially if you get on social media, uh, someone gets mad and they'll run out a string of the foulest language you've ever seen ranting against something or anything, and it's all foul language, it's all hurtful language, and it does nothing to help the situation except prove that, prove that they're a mastery of, of using words that are offensive. I don't want my name to be associated with it. Man, he could, he could cuss and make a sailor blush. We all heard that saying before. I don't want my people to remember me that way. I want people to remember me as somebody that, that tried to speak with a little bit of wisdom. So we have to exercise self-control. And as it said in 1120, again, I think it bears reading again. They that are of a froward heart are abomination to the Lord, but such as are upright in their way are his delight. Proverb means perverse or acting in an unacceptable manner, not in control of yourself. So we shouldn't be surprised when we see a child have 
throw a fit and have a temper tantrum kind of thing when they see us get mad and do the same thing. Be a good example of self-control. Something our society misses today that we have no self-control. We don't teach self-control. And we don't even take taking responsibility for your own actions anymore. It's normal and acceptable now that if I do something and it's wrong, I get to blame someone else. It's someone else's fault that I did that. That's part of self-control, is being able to take uh, responsibility for your actions. It's called having integrity. And that's one thing this world sorely misses, the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles and moral uprightness. And I think my slide up here, integrity, next slide. Integrity is doing the right thing even when no one is watching. It's because it's what's built inside of you. It's what you've developed inside of you. When you know that you're going to do something that's right that maybe someone else wouldn't do, there's no one around going to see that I didn't, but I'm going to do it right because I have integrity. And that's what the world needs is men of integrity, men that have that strong moral base, and have those strong moral principles. Setting those examples. Proverbs 12, verse 22. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. I don't want to be anything that has a list to mention anything about an abomination to the God. Proverbs lists 12 abominations. You can go through there and look at them. Lying lips is one of them. Speaking with integrity, speaking with honesty, taking, being, having self-control, taking responsibility for your failures and correcting them. Those are the things that we see mostly the opposite of in the world today, but we need so sorely in our families today. And they need to be taught to our children. Self-control is included in this. Also, to be in control, and this is something that has been an assault especially as technology has increased. And you would be surprised. The data shows that the problem with lust and pornography is as bad in the church as it is outside the church. Turn with me over to Proverbs chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. Chapter 5, 3, 4, and 5. For the lips of a strange woman drop as honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil, but her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, and her steps take hold on hell. You've got to be in control of lust, because there is so much about you can't turn. There's the commercials. That's one thing that that this world sells. Oh, they sell other products. But they sell sex, too. And they, and they show it with the scantily clad women and men. And, they, and then now you're going to see, you see commercials that have uh, abominations in the commercials with homosexual marriages. Don't care a bit to put it right out there to you and show it to you. They've, I've yet to see one that has added much of the sex element to it, the lust element. Used to be it was magazines. Used to be it was dirty magazines that, that you kind of snuck 
out and, and you looked at those pictures and, and you went on. Today, it's on your phone. It's on every phone. It's accessible on every computer. Every piece of electronic device that's hooked to the internet, you can find it. And believe me, our kids are looking for it. Okay? Not my kid. Yes, your kid. At least once. That's going to happen. And they continue to assault and assault and assault the mind, and it breaks down the marriage. It breaks down the family unit that God has portrayed, that God has set up originally, Adam and Eve. And when they were together as man and wife, did they, that's when they, they came together and enjoyed sex as God created between a man and a wife. Today, if anything goes, at any age, they continue to push the age of consent lower and lower and lower. And they continue to, to push to have parents' influence on children to a lower and lower age where they don't have to have consent to have certain procedures. Folks, I'm not making stuff up. I'm just telling us this is the world that we moms and dads are raising our children in. And that's why a strong father is so important. That's why a strong grandfather, strong uncle, strong men of God are missing from our society. And it's evident. It's evident by where we are as a society. So lust. Look with me on in 6 and 8 as he continues on. Lest thou should ponder the path of life, her ways are movable, that thou canst not know them. Hear me now, therefore, O ye children, and depart not from the word of thy mouth. Remove thy way far from her, and come not nigh to the door of her house. Men, it's easy. It's easy to be at work and have just casual conversations uh, evolve into something that's no longer acceptable. Women, it's the same way for you. Just a passing comment. What starts off as innocent and continues to, to evolve and evolve and evolve. And the next thing you find yourself in the same type of situation as what Solomon is describing here. And then with the same kind of results. There is damage that's done. There is a price that will be paid. We have to be in control of our lust. We have to be have enough integrity to do that, to reach out and stretch out and do that and fight that. If you have a problem with that, you need to have enough integrity to admit it and begin to get, a, get it repaired, get it fixed. Because look in verse 21. For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all his goings or observes all of his goings. You've not hidden anything from God. No one has hidden anything from God. Nothing. He knows. He knows where your weaknesses are. He knows where your problems are. And you know what? He wants to help. He wants you to be men of God. He wants you to be women of God. He wants you raising godly children. He has the available knowledge and wisdom in his word. And with older women and men that have have more experience at life to help you along. That's a great resource that God gives to all of us. And if we have a problem, as embarrassing as it may be initially, is it worth the consequences that we read about here? Oh, I don't have a problem with that. I can stop that at any time. It didn't hurt anybody but me. And that's where you're wrong. That's a lie of the devil. 
That's a lie of the devil. And it brings us to our last point, and, pro and not probably, but the most important point that we have. We must be men of faith. Back in 3, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Again, I'm going to make a pitch here. Men, I want to encourage you to read from the Proverbs every day. If you don't read now, if you don't read your Bible, if you don't read out of the Proverbs at all, I want to encourage you or challenge you to begin to read. Start Proverbs 1, start going through them. Read however many you want to read. Read a chapter, read half a chapter, read five verses a day, but read out of Proverbs the wealth of knowledge that is here. Uh, is indispensable. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Who else would you rather have directing your path, men? God. If we're called to serve God, would we not want him to direct our paths? I would think so. I would think that would be the case. We have to give our heart to God. Give credit to, acknowledge God. Study your Bible inside of your family. Study with them. Share your faith. Pray with your family. Give them that teaching experience to see dad studying his Bible. Dad praying. Dad, including the, the family in worship. Because that's a responsibility that the men carry. God is going to look at us as fathers and our children and how we raised them. And we are accountable. Not moms. Not as the scripture says. Fathers. So here's something I'm going to say. I'm not stepping on no toes intentionally. But moms, let your husbands... Lead your families. That's their responsibility. They will stand before God, not before you. Moms, let your husbands lead your families. It's what the Bible says. Look with me in chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. We all want wisdom, right? We all want hope for our children, and we hope that our children act with wisdom. It's something that we always worry about when we send them off to college or, or wherever. We hope that they make good decisions, right? We pray that they make good decisions because that's what it's all about, right? Making good decisions versus poor decisions. Well, that's going to be a direct reflection on how well we brought them up to make good decisions. And if we're using the Bible as our guide on how to make decisions, they're going to be good ones. They're not always going to be perfect. No, one, no young person makes perfect decisions every time. But whenever you're trying to make decisions based off of the wisdom and knowledge of God's word, you're going to usually stay inside the ballpark. Okay? So that's a guide for us. In, verses, uh, in chapter 14, verse 26, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. See how that ties in there? 
In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. Look on down to 27. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. So when we teach our kids, when they see dad, when they see mom has fear of the Lord, has respect of the Lord, when they're trying to follow what God's word says and they begin to, to follow after that, it gives them a secure refuge and it pulls them away from the snares that are out there. Do we have snares in our society today for our young people? All over the place. All over the place. So do we as parents want to equip our kids as best as we can to navigate those snares and traps? Sure we do. And how do we do that? In God's Word. And that's why it's so important, dads. Young dads, older dads, grandpas, uncles. That's why it is so vitally important that we stay grounded in this book to seek out the wisdom that God has for us in leading our families, striving to do me a good example for our children to follow. And moms, that includes you, being a good example for those young ladies to follow. And dads, raise godly young men. Raise them to not be ashamed to have a relationship with God, that it is something that they are proud of, that it's something that they... They will gladly walk forward and say, yes, I am a Christian. I strive to, to follow God's word in my life. Teach our families to have faith. They'll always have safety, the safety that only God can provide. So I want to wish everybody a happy Father's Day. Set that good example. Take the responsibility. Take it seriously, men, and lead your families. Leadership of godly men is what will bring this nation back to where it needs to be. And no other solution is there. Wives, let them lead. Let them lead the family because God will hold them accountable. Let them fulfill their duties before God. Don't hinder that. Our nation needs good fathers. Our nation needs good, strong families again. And it's the only hope. Now. You can't be led by God if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior. It's not possible. If you've heard the gospel and you believe it and you're willing to confess Christ as your Savior, repent of your sins and be buried with him in baptism, raise that new creation, having received the gift of the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you in making decisions and that forgiveness of sin, walk, walk faithful to God afterwards. That's the process that the Bible describes. You can do that today. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. Maybe you realize that Rob's made some points there that I really need to work on in my life as a dad, as a husband, as a wife. And you need to rededicate yourself to those concepts that's in the Bible. I encourage you to do that today. You don't have to come to me. You don't have to come down here. You're welcome to if you want prayer and support brothers and sisters in Christ. But the most important person that you can talk to or confess to is God himself. And I encourage you to do that. Is that you, you confess that to God, ask him to help you correct those things in your life, and move forward. Don't wallow in the fact that you've made a mistake. Because we all make mistakes. And the only crime is, is when we make a mistake and fail to try to correct it. That's when you have a problem. So we're going to sing... This hymn of invitation. I have decided to follow Jesus. Have you? 
If you have decided to follow Jesus today, I want to encourage you to come as we stand and sing. We'll sing three verses of this imitation hymn. Words are on the screen. Thank you.